1: Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast, the official source of audio accounts for the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation. I'm Chaz Hathaway, author of Life in the Spirit World, What Near-Death Experiences May Teach About Life on the Other Side, as well as the music album Home, both of which can be found on our website, neardeathexperiencepodcast.org. Today, we're going to share the experience of Diane from Enderf.org. Diane says, I was a nurse for 35 years, working night shifts as a house supervisor. I loved my job. I ran to Code Blues, helped with organ donation, and helped patients die with dignity. I retired in April 2014 so I could spend more time with my husband, In 2016, I was noticing some shortness of breath when going upstairs or when cutting the grass. I hesitated telling my nurse practitioner about this, but I did. She sent me for a treadmill test, which did not show much except high blood pressure. I was also asked to see a cardiologist, which I did, and the other tests were done. Finally, the CAT scan with dye showed a blockage. I went to the catheter lab. The doctor could not even get the line in my left main artery without my blood pressure dropping. He did not finish the catheter procedure and quickly told my husband and daughter that it was bad and that I needed a double bypass. I was transferred to the hospital immediately. My daughter, who was also a nurse, understood all of this. I had double bypass surgery on July 8th, 2016. On the morning of the surgery, I told myself that I had lived a good and honest life and I placed myself in God's hands. I was nervous and scared as they wheeled me into a large room with multiple blue sterile supplies. The nurses looked at me and said, good morning, Diane. I couldn't believe they knew my name, but it did help me relax. The anesthesiologist was kind and soft-spoken. Sometime during the surgery, I had a wonderful experience. I am supposing it was during the time they put me on the heart-lung machine. It could have been seconds or minutes that I was clinically dead, but I do not know for sure. I just know that I drifted slowly out of my body to a very cloudy, misty place. I rose slowly, as if I was on an escalator. I did not see myself, nor did I see or worry about those on earth. As I slowly rose, I saw my grandparents. The men were on the left, and the women were on the right. I recognized them right away, although I only saw one grandfather in my earthly life. My grandfather, H., was wearing a black suit and white shirt that was loose around the neck with no tie. He was holding his black hat that I have seen pictures of. My grandmother, H., was wearing a very lacy layered dress. Her hair was pulled back and pinned in two places away from her face. My other grandparents had on less dressy clothing because they were farmers. They all smiled at me lovingly kindly, and I felt peace and safety. They did not say one word or beckon me to come closer. I say they were on the left and right because they were on the beginning of a path that went on back and was lined with other people. I was not privileged to see their faces, but I felt they were my relations and people that I had known. As the path turned and went back further, I could see a beautiful sunset or sunrise with colors of white, yellow, and gold. I could see the outline of people standing on their tiptoes who were trying to see me. They were leaning to the left and right, trying to get a peek at who had come to visit them. I was never afraid, just amazed. My grandparents were not old or crippled. They were in their thirties. They were happy and at peace. I looked into their eyes and I knew they were happy. I slowly faded away and must have gone back into my body. The next thing I knew, I was coming around the next day after surgery. I did not tell my daughter and husband about this experience until the second day. But I knew something very special had happened to me. It was so real and was not a dream. I could describe it in detail for weeks afterwards. After I got home and after months of recovery, I kept feeling that there was something that I was supposed to do, and it kept bothering me. It had to do with my grandmother H. It was a message that I was to give to family. Let me try to explain this. Grandmother H. had three children. She played favorites with two of the daughters. The one daughter never forgave her for this. As she grew up and married, she passed on this dislike of her grandmother to her grandchildren. I know this for a fact because my cousin would openly show and talk about her dislike of Grandmother H. Two months after my surgery, my cousins, the estranged grandchildren, wanted to have a reunion. This was unusual for all of them to come to Indiana at one time, this did happen and I knew in my heart that I was to convey a message to my cousin who was so vocal about my grandmother. At the reunion, I took her aside and told her that I needed to tell her something, so we spoke in private. I told her about my surgery and my experience. I told her that she needed to forgive her and give up her anger towards our grandmother H., because she is in heaven, and she is reconciled with her daughter. They're happy. Grandmother H. must have done some good things on earth to deserve going to heaven, which is where I believe I was. My cousin began to cry. She said, you're not going to believe this, but my husband and I talked about all of this on our way from Virginia. We talked about the dislike and feelings that I had toward Grandmother H., I could feel her relief and letting go of anger that she had. She said, Thank you for telling me this. I was also now at peace and felt I had been a vessel for a message to be delivered. I now understood my feelings. I had been bothered by the fact of how I had been given the message, but now, after reading Evidence of the Afterlife by Jeffrey Long and Paul Perry, I now know it was mental telepathy. This answers my question that I had been pondering. My grandparents did not have to say a word. I just knew what they were thinking. And that is the end of Diane's account. You know, in near-death experiences, there are many people who experience meeting someone that they'd known from this side. And it, it can be anyone from friends, friends, to pets to you know uh, friends or e- even teachers from high school i mean everyone on the other side can apparently mingle with each other from what we can see here but um there does seem to be a very strong tie to family and especially down the line going back grandparents to great-grandparents to great-great-grandparents and so forth. Basically, parents to children. There seems to be a very strong connection to that because multiple experiences I've read talk about seeing not only their grandparents, but their grandparents' parents and a line of people going back who knows how many generations. The person in the experience usually can't even seem to discern how far back it goes, such as in Diane's case. But there is something to that family connection. And from what Diane describes, too, each of those people are very interested in Diane. Now, if if they've never met in this life, if they, you know, died before Diane was ever born, why do they have this connection with her? And I am convinced and she seems to hint at this also that she knew these people before she was born this family tie that goes back for who knows how many generations possibly infinite to some degree generations there is a tie there there is something a connection a a uh, uh, some way that they are deeply bonded for eternity, because apparently they knew each other before. And coming back to them now, she feels like she knows them, even though in her mortal life, she never met them. Some of them, probably her parents or grandparents, never even met in their mortal lives. But it emphasizes to me the eternal nature of our beings and of our relationships. And often those relationships, which feel so strained here, we we hear her talking about how her grandmother h had been had favorites of her three children which is cruel to do to a child we should never do that and yet she did that in her life and whether the reconciliation between grandmother h and her daughter happened before their death is not clear in fact it hints that it was not resolved in this life because that uh, hatred or or resentment for um, that favoritism seems to have passed on to her, to Grandmother H's grandchildren, um, including this one child who was the child of the non-favorite, if I'm understanding that right, the non-favorite child. And she's bitter about it. And And they are talking about her bitterness on the ride up to this uh, reunion with her family. And uh, it's very interesting to me that that grandmother and daughter, or I should say the mother and daughter, who are the grandmother and, and the mother of the bitter child who is still alive, have not only gotten past that, but that they are very loving and cordial in the next life. That tells me that they looked, they, whatever it was that caused that reconciliation, it has taken place and that there is no longer reason for bitterness to continue. Certainly there is reason to learn from the experiences. Uh, Certainly this child who was bitter should learn that she better not have favorites of her own children. That should be the case. We should learn from other people's mistakes, especially those in our family. But the bitterness, the the anger, the hatred there that may have been one day justified in some way has been rectified on the other side. And it makes me think, what about your relationships what about the things you know maybe there is someone who is you're bitter toward and for good reason maybe they were abusive maybe in some way they were um, something of a bully or cruel in some way I'm not suggesting that you go and and take up that relationship again because in this mortal life often abusive people manipulative people can't be recovered in that way in this life. But that does not mean that it cannot happen in the next life. You know, I I read this as an example of this, but I've seen it in several near-death experiences where people who were deeply, deeply embittered toward one another, a grudge or a just absolute, you know, not speaking to each other terms, and so forth. And when they're seen on the other side, they are lovingly embracing one another, and they are grateful to see each other. And that bitterness, the hatred, the uh, the feelings are gone, those bitter feelings anyway. And love is restored. I don't know how exactly that takes place. I don't know when. I don't know if it takes time on the other side, if it's something that goes away with, you know, with time, or maybe it's just that having that mental telepathy that, uh, again, Diane mentions, they're able to see from each other's perspectives and able to see why that bitterness carried on. And they're able to see there's no reason to carry this on. We can end it right now. And let's please do. And they do does this always happen? Well, probably not. Probably not. We know of of hellish experiences of people writhing in bitterness towards people, writhing in what turn out to be, at least in that setting, very selfish states of mind where they are, are you know, kind of corroded in their own shell of bitterness and grudge and, and so forth. And They just can't look past something and it's, and it's just haunting them apparently eternally because they're just not willing to let go of it and it's holding them back and it's hurting them and they could let go at any moment. Heaven is right in their reach within just a matter of letting go of that hatred and they will be able to move on, but they're not willing to do it. So it's not that, it's not that, uh, it, can't, you know, that automatically, absolutely, you know, everything's forgiven always, you know, by every individual. Not necessarily, but I will say that it is available, that that breaking of the bonds that come from from bitterness. We can be liberated of those. Now, does it have to wait for the next life? Sometimes maybe yes, and sometimes maybe no if there are toxic relationships where you should be separated from someone, go ahead and wait until the next life to to deal with those relationships because they probably can't be. There are some people who are genuinely sick in some way, Uh, you know, and I hesitate to use that word because it sounds, I don't know, it's got, it comes with baggage, I guess you could say, but there are conditions that people have manipulative disorders where they they can't help but manipulate people and somebody who has that is often not a healthy person to have a relationship with at least not in this life but when they get to the other side all of that will all of all of those faults that came with the mortal experience be they genetic be they because of of some conditions be they because of of some kind of nurturing that went wrong, brokenness, so to speak, all of that will be lifted so they can heal of that, and once they heal of that, just imagine somebody who lived a really narcissistic, manipulative, hateful life, going to the other side, having the uh physical aspects of that removed from them, so they have the capacity to feel and recognize empathy for what it really is, seeing from other's perspectives, and then having a life review where they're seeing from other people's point of views and seeing what they've done and how they've treated people. It's going to be a heartbreaker, but it will also be a deep spiritual lesson, one that they probably sought before coming to this earth. Is that a bold statement? Yes time and again in these near death experiences it seems to be the case that some people choose to come as bullies as you know somehow abusive people so that they can learn from the experience and possibly hopefully break the cycle in their family or break the cycle in the that that comes from the group of friends that they grow up with that that tarnish their their lives and so forth to overcome that is a great spiritual lesson. And they seek that in coming. It, it, not everybody. I, I don't know. Maybe not everybody, but I think it that it sometimes does happen. And so they come and they experience this life and they learn from it. And sometimes they overcome those problems in this life. Sometimes they just learn from them in this life. And other times they don't until the next life. But think of that life review and they see everything for how it really is, seeing through the eyes of God, so to speak. And they're going to have to learn to forgive themselves, of course, and that will be the hardest thing of all. But when they do, and they can, and they can reach in, the, in themselves and see, okay, it's time to heal and grow and learn from this experience. Then emerging from that, they can go to those people they hurt, And those people can sense what they have just been through. Imagine how much easier it's going to be to repair those relationships and be able to embrace in true, pure love. The love that we describe as the love of God. That unconditional love that people feel when they're going to the other side. It emanates from anyone and everyone. And that is, I think... Why? Because we see as if through God's eyes. And so, those relationships that are hurting, that are continuing to hurt, we don't have to worry about, well, that person's not going to heaven. That person's going to be one of those corroded people in the whatever, you know, place, experience. Maybe, maybe not. That is not up to you to decide. It actually has nothing to do with you. Now, true, you may be a victim of the abuses that they that they caused. And, and that is unfortunate for you. But even that can be a great spiritual, or have great spiritual lessons in them. If you're willing to le- learn from those things. If you're not willing to learn them now, you will in the next life. You'll have a life review and you'll see what they went through. Anyway, I just think that's worth noting because if we are in a position to fix the relationships that we have in this life and it would be appropriate to do so, I encourage you to seek that blessing. Because think about it, when you're when you get to the other side and you see the the hurt that you were caused and that, and that you caused them and so forth. And you see that in the context of making up with them later, which hopefully you will do now. You'll see what a great spiritual lesson it is because you'll learn much of that lesson here. You can for those kinds of relationships that have potential for redemption. And those that don't, it's okay. You can forgive And still avoid the relationship. Sometimes that's quite necessary. But it's okay to forgive. Anyway. I think those things are very worth considering. Because, you know, when it comes down to it, what in this life really even matters besides our relationship with God, with the divine and our relationship with other people. And it's true that our relationships with other people come with so much weird baggage. <laughs> Let's face it, they come with some really bizarre baggage. Some of it very painful, some of it just goofy. But when we see it in this light, and when we see the potential of it, we can let go of the bitterness. And yes, there will st- there's still going to be bumps and bruises along the way, things that are said, offensive things that you have every reason to be offended for, but you can choose to, you know what? I'll let that be resolved in the next life. I'm going to forgive it because it's not going to do me any good to carry this on. And if it is a toxic relationship, may have to break it off and so forth, and you can say, you know what? I forgive that person. Someday they'll understand better what they did to me. Someday I will understand better why they did what they did. And we'll have this beautiful reunion between us that's going to help us see from this, see that this life meant so much more than our jobs, than our getting up and going to bed, eating and sleeping. It meant so much more than that. And in case you feel... Maybe a little bit um a fomo or or sense of of um, worry that you don't feel it inside all the time, the sense of purpose and meaning and so forth. I don't think we were intended to feel that all the time. I think we were intended to feel some boredom to feel some some fear, some bitterness so that we can learn to work through those things too. And when we see things later, in the light of what we will then know, it will make so much more sense. And it will be so much more beautiful than we see our lives to be now. But seek to repair relationships. Seek to add love in the world. To show kindness. Because that is what this is all about. The love that you spread. And with that, thank you again, all of you so much for listening.